just want to warn everyone that there is a there's a fly in the studio right now. I don't know where exactly it is. Have you seen Breaking Bad? I, I you know what we got to do. I immediately thought of that. And, and it's just as bad when a fly is in the studio as when a fly is in a meth lab. It just messes everything up. The fly is going to distract me. Buddy, who are you telling? The idea of the fly is distracting me as much as the actual existence of the fly. The actual fly itself. Mm-hmm. Nah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and put this one out there. It's not so much a meth lab or a studio thing as it is a Doug thing. Because I don't care at all. I this don't care is at an, all. I this think is a basketball idea lab that makes you feel like. I think you just have a thing with you're flies. On meth. Wait, hold on. Wait. <laughs> Do you just say you like you're on meth because you're in the studio? In, in, the, in all the good ways, not in any of the bad ways. Right. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, this is a, uh, this fly wields a lot of power then. Double M15 in the chat. What up, Ness? Shout out to Double M15's wife, Elizabeth, who is listening in today. What's up, Elizabeth? What up, Beth? What's Lady going on? Elizabeth. Double M Beth. <laughs> Love it. Quotes in here. What up, Nest? Got a good show, man. We got a full house. Not the full house, but we got Steve. Hey. We got Claire. We got David. We got, we got a fly. Fly. <laughs> we got Jeff Goldblum coming through. We got a lot of show. We got a lot of shows, so I just wanna I wanna get into this if you guys are alright with that. Yep. Um really gross movie. You are locked on Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we lie. We lie. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcast on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte on this Tuesday. I'm Doug Branson, joined by, to my right, Steve Bob Forrest, SBF, SBF 50. Woo! I thought, man, I thought you were going Dave. I thought you were going Mean Streets Castle there. Well, Dave, Dave's last but not least. Ah, of course. Of so, course. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he, gets, he gets the uh, the nail. What do you call that? When you get the last spot on the death montage, the hammer. The hammer. I'm the hammer, I'm the yeah. nail. <laughs> anyway, we got uh, Claire from uh, Charlotte. She's uh, uh, we got Chrissy as well. The what, what's the yeah. official name of the cat now? Well, we've been calling her Chrissy McCatry for a while now, thanks to uh, uh, suggestion on Twitter. Um, and currently, she is in her morning frenzy. And zooming around. So if you hear me, perfect. Yelp in pain. That's because she's bit my foot. Morning frenzy. I love it. Yeah. That's what we're in right now. Talking about yeah. the Hornets. We got from the mean streets of Cotswold, David Walker. Good morning, guys and friends and fly. Don't annoy Doug too much in there, Mister Fly. Let's begin today's show at practice, where Hornets head coach Steve Clifford confirmed. What has been teased for a few weeks, Nick Batum is set to make his return on Wednesday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nick Batum has been out since injuring his left elbow two minutes into the Hornets' first preseason game in Detroit. Clifford said the plan is for Nick Batum to start 
though he probably will not see his normal minutes, a lot of this hinges on how he feels between now and Wednesday night, but an important development for the Hornets nonetheless, David. Oh, yeah, no doubt. They need somebody else in there that can create with Kimba. It's been talked about since Batum went out that that was going to be the biggest thing missing. And so to get him back now, pretty early too, guys. I mean, uh, I know, Doug, this gives you a little bit of the heebie-jeebies, him coming back so soon. But he definitely wants to get out there. And uh, I think the minutes restriction is probably the right way to go. Yeah, I'm nervous about re-injury, obviously, but this staff has been notoriously conservative, so they must feel really comfortable with that fact. And a lot of this, again, is going to it's going to be about how he feels leading up into Wednesday night. So I'm sure if there's yeah. any kind of issue uh, with his elbow, they're going to be a little bit more careful. But at the same time, they're coming off this road trip, 0-4. <laughs> hey, buddy, what's up? <laughs> Dude, I'm getting up. Look, I'm reading the live chat. Well, what's right? up? What's going on? We got a quote on the live chat. We've got Alex on the live chat. What up, Ness? They want to. They want to know what your thoughts are, Steve, on Nick Batum coming back on Wednesday. First, I want to say, what up, Ness? Is catching on. I'm telling you, what up, Ness? The Dugaholics. The Dugaholics are really uh, taking taking a hold on that thing. Um, so good for you guys. Way to go, Dugaholics. Just want to. That's fine. Whatever. Restate that again. They're the Dugaholics. Also, Batum. Boom! Oh, the Batum Raider is back. I am excited, guys. This is fun. Dave, like you were saying, man, we haven't even seen, like, it's 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 really exciting because you could make the point, Batum, best all-around player. You know, obviously, Kemba's more important, but Batum does everything for the team, and most importantly, the facilitating role uh, that we need. We need that backup facilitator for Kemba. So I'm excited. I feel like we haven't seen this team play yet. That's kind of how I feel. We haven't seen them at full strength. What yeah, they can the official do. starting lineup, as quote brings up in the chat, we have yet to see the the starting five that that we expected going into this season this. playing together. Might get to see that for the first time on Wednesday night at home. Hornets four and one at home. A chance for them to get things back on track. Now we discussed Nick Batum's absence in depth on yesterday's show. So if you want to hit up the uh, the podcast feed to check that out, make sure you do that. I'd like to talk today about what this means for Jeremy Lamb, who has been starting in place of Nick Batum for these first 12 games. Lamb has been averaging 16.7 points per game on 45.7% shooting from three, 53.6 effective field goal percentage. Claire, how well has Jeremy Lamb done in place of Nick Batum to start the year? Oh, he's been great. Um, You know, he really has done everything and then probably even more than what was expected of him. Um, I, you know, actually one of the things that I've really noticed this year is that um, his, his ability to create his own shot has been um, one of, one of the things that I, I, one of the biggest improvements that I've seen so far. Um, Also, he, you know, he's a little off and on as far as his defense goes. Sometimes he does get a little lost in um, the, the fray at times, but um, his man to man defense has definitely stepped up. um, And I think that if he can kind of, improve his off the ball defense a little bit more. Um, You know, he's, I mean, he's been great so far. And I think moving him into the second team um, might help him be able to, to do that a little bit. It's interesting that Lamb has virtually the same three-point attempt rate from last season that he does this season. He's just knocking them down so much more efficiently. He got off to a tough start, was one of eight to begin the year, but didn't, you know, was resilient, I think was the key there. Kept shooting 
at the same rate that he was last season, and now he's starting to knock them down. Uh, his rebounding is down. That's probably expected because he's been playing with Dwight Howard. But what right. wasn't expected was that his assist percentage went up from 11.3 last season to 18.1 in place of Batum so far. That's 87th percentile amongst all wings, according to cleaningtheglass.com. Now, he's had some issues with shot selection, ball movement, late in games like Milwaukee, New York, Boston. But overall, he's been a plus when it comes to creating for others. David, what has surprised you most about what Lamb's been able to do in the starting role? Uh, One of those things you mentioned, the assists um, almost doubled from what he's been doing over his career. So that was a nice fill-in. But the three-point percentage, I mean, that's that's been the big shot in the arm. He's shooting like 47% from three for the season, which is – by you know far and away his best for his for his career so he's been able to do that I mean the minutes have been almost double as well so he's playing a lot more minutes and you mentioned a lot of the um, stats remain the same except for those two when when you where you see the big jump so I think if you can keep that going the three-point percentage and the attempts um, and if you can keep adding a little bit of the um, district district if you can keep distributing the ball a little bit with you got to fly in your studio. What's going on? Yeah, flying here. <laughs> um, because I, I think Doug, I don't, I don't see the numbers. I mean, the the minutes dipping a ton. I just think he's mm. played well enough that he's still going to be out there on the floor. I mean, that second unit is obviously obviously key. Is he going to play thirty minutes a game? Not starting. We'll see. But but I think he's earned you know that floor time now being so good to start the season. And, and he's, he, he's going through what is essentially a career renovation for him because he, you know, uh, was inconsistent two seasons ago, got into Clifford's doghouse during that playoff season, worked on his body, tried to kind of get things right with his diet and things and his sleep and things that sort of little things that you don't think about, but that help you stay on the court. He's going through a bit of a renovation. Hey, speaking of renovations. I want to take a second to tell you about our friends at Knight Residential Group. They are an all-inclusive residential construction company right here in the heart of Charlotte. They specialize in high-end custom construction, brilliant interior renovations, immaculate custom-built homes. If it can be built, then Knight Residential Group can have it done for you. With a combined 165 years of construction experience, Knight Residential Group believes in doing projects with meticulous detail using the highest standards. Use Knight Residential Group and you can be sure that you're going to have a pleasant customer experience and you're going to end up with a beautiful home. Don't trust your next custom home project to just any old construction company. Use the group that we trust here on Locked On Hornets. Call them at 704-733-9566. That number again, 704-733-9566. Or you can visit nightresidentialgroup.com. That's night with a K. Join so many other current homeowners here in Charlotte and allow Knight Residential Group to provide you with your forever home. Sorry to cut you off there, Claire. What were you thinking there on Lamb? No worries. I was just going to kind of pick it back off of David's point there of the minutes being very crucial for Lamb, you know, even when Nick Patum does come back. I agree that um, I think that they're going to be very conservative with his minutes for at least three games. Um, And, you know, which allows – Jeremy Lamb to not only come off the bench, but come off the bench and see significant minutes and even, you know, potentially late in game situations. So the question is, will things change 
for Jeremy Lamb. Now that he's on his way back to the bench, that question was posed to Lamb at uh, at Hornets practice yesterday. Let's hear what he had to say on that subject. Um, no, nothing changes. Um, you know, when when I was starting, he was talking to me a lot. Um, you know, after the games and just saying different, you know, helping me with different things. So, you know, it's good to hear that. And um, but no, nothing changes. I'm gonna just um, continue to attack, continue to keep working, and just try to, um, you know, uh, do the things um, to help my team win. Um, do the things to help our second unit, so we can have a um, solid second unit um, to help the starters. So, uh, you know, it's gonna be exciting. So first of all, uh, let us know what you think on the live chat. Join the nest here on youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets, or you can tweet us uh, at locked on Hornets. We'll put up a poll on this as well. Will things change for Jeremy Lamb uh, when he moves to the second unit in terms of his ability to create offense and, and just his general consistency that he's shown throughout this season? There's a couple of things that I want to tackle from his response. First, I uh, want to get you in on this, uh, Steve. Do you buy Lamb's assertion that Nothing's going to change for him when he moves to the bench. Nah. I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't buy that because uh, he spent his whole career on the bench, man. And uh, I, I, you've seen it time and time again with these guys. Like Frank had that great stretch last year mm-hmm. in the starting lineup. These guys are, you know, we always say they're, they've always played. They're always, ultra competitors. They've always been the guy. And then they get mm-hmm. back in that starting lineup and he's forced in there because of a, of a big vacuum. So. He was getting those shots. We need those shots. However, I will say, uh, I, I I hope that he, obviously I hope that he he can maintain that level of play, but I, I am a little bit more confident that that he'll be able to do it because that vacuum still exists. We still, like the thing that he was asserting himself at is a thing we still don't have. It's not like Batum brings a ton of scoring back to the, to the fray. He brings some, but those 15 that Lamb's been been giving us every night, he can still get those shots, basically. Like, no one's taking those shots away from him. And we're going to need that in the second unit, and we're going to need his creation in the second unit. So what he what what he asserted himself with was, uh, was something we really needed, and I don't think Batum necessarily takes away from that aside from his starting minutes. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's going to change for Jeremy Lamb is that he won't be playing alongside Kimba Walker as often. With Kimba this season, Lamb has an effective field goal percentage of 58.8 and is scoring 1.26 points per possession. That's very, 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 very good. Without Kimba Walker on the floor this season, Jeremy Lamb's effective field goal percentage drops 20 points, and his points per possession drops to .78. Now, you can fairly point out that he played a lot of that time without Kimba on the floor with Malik Monk as his point guard. He'll most likely have more time and facilitation from Michael Carter-Williams, who's you know has a little bit better ability to distribute, distribute and organize an offense. But is also not a scoring threat. So that's true. Again, the Kemba thing, that's, I mean, that's a really good point to bring up though. The Kemba thing is taking away a lot of the defensive attention. Claire, do you think that Jeremy Lamb will be able to maintain his, his offensive production, uh, even though he's moving to a bench role? Yes. And I think he should, um, because he is still going to see significant minutes. Um, like I said, especially for the first, um, at least a little, stretch when Nick comes back. Um, and, you know, if he's coming off the bench, that's one thing, you know, with Michael Carter Williams, he's Michael Carter Williams is still getting more comfortable. Um, but like I said, I mean, he's been able, Nick's been, or sorry, uh, Jeremy Lamb's been a, 
uh, doing a good job of creating his own shot um, and working within the offense. Uh, and I think that him and Monk, I'm really interested to see how well they feed off of each other, uh, you know, especially with Monk back and what is a more natural role for him. And you wonder if Lamb's ability to distribute, that is, we talked about that assist percentage going up, will that help Malik Monk, just having an extra an extra guy out there along with Michael Carter-Williams that can find him at different spots on the floor. David, what do you think? Lamb's production, where do you see it heading as he moves to the bench? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question. We just don't know because Kimba's so good and he has made things so much easier on Jeremy Lamb uh, thus far during the season. So how does that affect him? I, I do think coming off the bench just in and of itself, I think he'll be able to slide right back into that. I mean, he's been pretty consistent whether it's on the uh, on the road or at home, um, across the board this season, really, just with his output scoring-wise. So I think if that confidence is there, it's just going to be getting used to playing with that group, as you pointed out. I mean, that was a really good point. Playing with Kemba is going to be a lot different. I mean, he's the one guy on that team that that's really uh, special as far as making things easier for other people. So if they can get Monk going, that would certainly help. Uh, but Lamb's been able to kind of get his shots off when he wanted to. And maybe going against some of those second units will will balance, you know, not playing with Kemba will balance that out a little bit. My second thought on on Lamb's response is that Lamb finds himself in a unique position. His performance over these first 12 games is really a culmination of the work that he put in over the past two seasons. Again, he learned how to take care of his body in a way that an NBA player capable of starting has to. So he gets his shot when Nick Batum goes down. And it, it was a big moment for him, maybe the most important moment of his career. And he stepped up and he showed that he was ready for that big moment. And Clifford has talked about in press conferences that Jeremy Lamb has been asking, has desired a bigger role within the team. And he certainly earned that. And I guess, you know, the question is now that he has to go back to the bench. I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna speculate on what's going on in his head, and I'm not going to suddenly turn into like a body language expert and break you know break that video clip down. You could watch it on youtubecom forward slash Hornets. But I will say that there have been times when things did not go exactly my way in my day job, and, and on this podcast and in the history of this podcast, not everything has gone our way. And this is breaking, this is breaking news. I well, I what I'm saying is I looked a lot like what Jeremy Lamb looked like in that clip. And I think, as we're all human beings, I think we can understand that. But at the same time, this might be a more important moment for Jeremy Lamb proving that he can can play a big, substantial role off the bench just like he did when he was starting. Yeah, play, and playing body language doctor with Jeremy Lamb, that's that's a tough ask. because I won't do that. I, won't do that. I mean, well, he's just like, that, that guy kind of always looks... He's like laid pouty. back. He's la- well, he's laid back. Yeah, he's, a, he's a pouty guy. No, yeah, he's laid back. He's for sure laid back. He naturally laid back. He has that look. People say that about me. They say I. They say no. Uh, and again, I'm not. I'm not taking anything from that clip. What I'm saying is that the you know he comes into this starting role and just and just crushes it. Yeah. I, I think you could argue <clears throat> that that he his production probably allowed them two or three wins that they didn't deserve. That's that's fair. I would I would just say that he the good thing for for him is that he shouldn't be an, under any illusions that he was ever going to take that job, right? Because Nick Batum's the highest paid guy on the team. He knew that this was like you said, it's a it's a role he could come into and make the most well, out of. Well, with MKG's absence, I I think a lot of people, not it wasn't 
Lamb by any means. But a lot of people were saying, what about Lamb and, and Batum? And I mean, that's fair. I don't I don't think that's going to be the long-term solution because, again, he – look, he knows he needs – he knows what MKG does really well. He knows what he can, can do really well. And he proved – like, he needed to prove that he could – do that consistently every night, and that's the same. He can do that off the bench, and to your point, we need it more in we're, that role. We're not going to get any solid answers on Wednesday against the Cavaliers because even if Nick Batum does start, uh, we've th- there's been illusions that he will not get his normal minutes, so we're not going to see the the playing groups sort of shake out. And there's also a question. You know, further down the rotation, Dwayne Bacon has done a lot to establish himself within this rotation. How does how do how do his minutes work with Malik Monk? I mean, they they've got a lot of wing depth now. You know, when they get Nick Batum back, so that will be it's interesting. Nice, right? It's you know, it's nice for once to talk about uh, the Hornets. We this. Hornets, yeah, exactly. Hornets having some options. All right, let's move on to some NBA news. If I can get this up on the screen, the big news in the NBA yesterday were these really wealthy dudes gracing the proletariat on their uh, public transportation in New York. The Cavaliers riding the subway before their game against the Knicks. You see the guy beside LeBron there wasn't having it. Everyone on social media had some fun at that guy's expense. David, I think I'm siding with the random guy beside LeBron James not not enjoying LeBron filming him on the subway. I think I'm with the common people on this one. 100%. 100%. I mean, how many followers does, does LeBron have? Like, maybe that guy, you know, doesn't Oh, hundreds, hundreds, dude. Business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, least. at least three. <laughs> at least, right? Yeah. Uh, that guy doesn't want his news out on Front Street. He's just riding the subway. He's got places to go. You know, he didn't feel like joking around with LeBron. Now, um, now, Steve, you're from New York. Or, well, you're not from New York, but you spent seven years there. Yeah. You're back here in the Queen City where you belong. But how would you feel? What would how would you have reacted if if LeBron had gone on the subway and filmed you? Let me let me break down this whole thing for you guys. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watch this. Please watch this because I got a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, that guy, that but that's a classic New York move. Get out of my face! All <laughs> hey, right, you're not I'm, putting. I'm sitting over here. Yeah, that guy. That phone would have been in the garbage. Um, Although he had all, a big he had a big security. You can see the security dude there. Well, this is my biggest problem. These guys are way too big to be on the subway and I, I don't just mean famous famous is is one part of it that's like super dangerous first of all but uh secondly nah man you can't you can't have four seven foot tall 300 pound dudes just crammed in on the subway that's that's messed up now this guy the guy that tries to block the camera uh now he's gone and just one of LeBron's guys gonna sit down. That's a no no. You can't take a subway seat like that. All right. These guys this is this is all wrong, the etiquette. And uh it's just, you know, this entitled millennial millionaire most of, generation. Most of the people oh. siding with LeBron James and laughing at this random dude, I think fall into two camps here. Okay, two camps. One, they're either content creators realizing that sweet those sweet clicks when they see them or they're people who think that if they met LeBron that LeBron and them would be real friends like LeBron would never treat them like that on the subway now LeBron would like dap them up and have a good time but the thing is no he wouldn't he would do that exactly like his bodyguard would physically remove you from his personal space while LeBron James invaded yours I, I do like the clip, like, in real life. I think it's cool that they did that, and that's, like, a fun thing. You should do that when you're in New York. Like, take, take this over. One, it's the easiest way to get around. It's quicker than taking a car. However, 
Him and Cal Corver are taking up a three person bench. All right. Now, that's just like, this is really bad etiquette. It's bothering me. Like, that, that. My dude was just trying to get to work and, and, then and they, a TV show look that at he the didn't guy, ask to be on invades his personal space. If you watch the end of the clip, there's a, another person where the guy's like trying to shoo him down, right? To yeah. take the seat. And the guy's like, no. Get, what are you talking about? That's New, New Yorkers would actually be mad at LeBron James right there. It's the like, same thing with Chicagoans too. Like I lived in Chicago for, well, I was born in Chicago. I lived in Chicago for a year as well. So you take the L around and that's the easiest way to get around the city. And yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be too happy about something like that either. Like there's definitely an etiquette. Like first off, don't yeah. talk on the train. And you know, there's and, some, like there's an old lady that needs that seat. Come on, LeBron. This is a PR disaster. It really is. No, I think How's he going to play? I think they'll be all right. Uh, uh, anyways, <laughs> the, let us know what you think. On, let us know what you think on the live chat. Uh, David saying LeBron used to ride his bicycle to the arena when he was in Miami, just being people. Well, no, that's know. here's the thing. Okay, yes, if you look at it from that perspective, oh, they're they're just being like the common people, just just hanging out with people what? on the subway. But I'm they're never thinking this a tad. They uh, have what? they had a bodyguard with them. That's not being with the people. If they had just gone there, I you know I don't like everyone taping themselves either. I'm not. I, I'm sorry if I'm you know call me what you want. Oh, I'm sorry if I'm like get off my lawn. This is just. <laughs> uh, it's all it's all started with this iPhone X. I'm not. Face recognition technology. It's scaring me. But, well, look, but you have a point, though. Like, you know, they're acting like the common people, but they're not. You know, you, you, you've wow. got these giant men on, on the subway. And, like, yeah, you, like, there's, you know, and there used to be there used to be players in uh, Chicago who would take the L around as well. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree, you know, just to kind of put a camera for – you know, with LeBron's followers in someone's face. I'm and, not about know. it. I'm not about it. Anyway, Look, Ron I'm Baker, cool Ron Baker can ride the subway. Okay. No one's going to, that's I'm cool fine. With, I'm cool with them all riding the subway guys. Cause it's funny to see big guys stuffed into the subway car with them all crouching over with their hoods on, uh, trying to go incognito. They're seven feet tall as, as uh, Steve pointed out. It, it's, it's hard to hide in there, but I think the idea is funny. I get, I think you guys are, uh, the idea may have little. been funny. I think the execution yeah. One last point on this. Okay. The the really funniest thing would have been because this happens all like every single day, all of the time. If if that subway just stopped running for about forty five minutes, just trapped oh, the man. air turns off, and then LeBron's little video isn't so funny anymore. Now he's just smelling things. Little, he's smelling people. Might have been a little funny. There's liquids coming sweating. out of places. No one knows where. There's a guy yelling. So there's a knife. It's New York. New York, New York, it's a hell of a... Anyway, so there was a basketball game, and it matters because the Cavaliers were were playing the Knicks, and the Hornets play the Cavs on Wednesday. Now, the Knicks were dominating this game before the Cavaliers decided to wake up for one quarter in the fourth. They scored 43 points, including, oh my God, this hilarious three-pointer by LeBron James on Kristaps Porzingis. Let's watch this. Uh, you know, he could have done a, a variety of things to Kristaps, but he just pulls up and knocks it down right over Porzingis. And LeBron LeBron just tends to do these things every once in a while where he just he's just like, nope, you're not winning this game. Reminds you he's and, the greatest. Well, you know, we're not ready for our preview yet on this Cavaliers game, but you can tell me whatever you want about the Cavaliers not playing defense, that they're, they're a little too old, they're not caring right now, uh, not enough depth, blah, 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 blah. LeBron, if LeBron can do this, he can do it for 42 minutes a game if he wanted to. The Hornets have an uphill battle coming in uh, on Wednesday. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah. Uh, he has a history of dominating us. So I'm not, I, you know, the, the, it's hard to tell what Cavs we're going to get because he, he'll come out with that one, the 57 game. He'll do that. Like, these are the things that he's just like, Hey guys, I can do this whenever I want to. Just a reminder. And he's, yeah. And he had the whole, and he had the whole thing with Phil Jackson and he had some quotes about uh, Frank and Dennis Smith. So there was a, a little extra motivation and it's Madison square garden. He tends to get up for that place. Yeah. Things got intense between him and Enos Cantor as well. Cantor and uh, LeBron have a little bit of a history going back and forth in the media and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Enos Cantor had some interesting things to say after the game. Remember before I play this clip that the, the Knicks lost this game. All right, here's Enos. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. This team is really special. And you ain't coming to my house playing that water bottle food game again. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't care who you are, King. What, what do you call yourself? King, Queen, Princess, whatever you want. You know what? We're going to fight. And, and nobody out there going to punk us. They lost the game. <laughs> You're not going to play that water flip a bottle game. Queen, so he's, pawn, He's rook, referencing when the, when the Cavs came to Madison Square Garden and were, were blowing out the Knicks and were like playing the, trying to flip the water bottle to get mm. it to stand on its end. You're not going to play that water bottle flip a game here. Oh, and Enos Cantor remembers that game well as not a member of the Knicks at the time. Right, right. Okay, see? So, dude, Enos Cantor is one of the most hilarious. He's like just Dion Waiter's ego. It's just like that's he's boiled into like just a foreign guy. And that's great. That's a great comedy recipe because he doesn't like it never feels like he's trying to be funny. He's no. just like, no, I'm always mad, y'all. Double M 15 brings up a good point. Hopefully we get the LeBron James that lets his team figure it out instead of the LeBron James that you saw in Madison Square Garden. By the way, how is that not a national TV game, NBA? You've got Cavaliers. You've got the Knicks playing well. Christos Porzingis, Frank Nicotine, Frank Milikina. How is that not a national TV game? Yeah, we've been... because tomorrow night's a national TV game, dog. Ooh. So tomorrow night is a national TV game. It's also... Classic night. The classic jerseys mm-hmm. making a return. And in honor of Hornets Classic Night, I decided to take in a vintage Hornets game on NBA TV the other night. Pacers at Hornets on November 28th, 1992. Rick Smiths. Hornets were wearing the white home pins that night. I have a few notes from this walk down memory lane memory lane if you'd like to take a journey with me. Oh, please. First of all, David, I didn't remember how big J.R. Reed was. Oh, he was yeah, a big he, body. He was a big dude. I just, I guess, I had always thought of him as just, just not as, not as bulky. He's, He's a, a big force, dude. A force down there. Oh, he had a, he had a big old butt too. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I mean, that was kind of his defining feature. I mean, he used it well. I knew how small Muggsy Bogues was, but I still marvel every time I watch him defend someone that towers over him. And in this game, that would have been Pooh Richardson for the Indiana Pacers. Point guard, all of 6'1", same height as Malik Monk. Great name, Pooh Richardson. Oh, yeah, Pooh Rich. Pooh Rich or Dodge Ryan. Pooh Rich. Finished the game with a triple-double in this one. Uh, the only reason NBA TV showed this game was because it was Reggie Miller's career-high 57 points. It was also the game where he became the Pacers franchise leader. Hornets could not do anything with Reggie Miller. 
Poor Dale Curry had to guard him. Ulrich was a problem out there. Uh, 57 <laughs> was also, wasn't that LeBron's previous career high also against us? Uh, yeah. No, he had 60. He dropped 60 he, on the Bobcats. He had a 6-0 on the Bobs? That's his career high was against the Bobcats. Oh, yes. I consider that a different franchise. So, cool. We're well, gonna... uh, so Dale Curry had to guard him. By the way, we've got Dale Curry coming up uh, on tomorrow's show. So you want to make sure, yeah, Detlef Shrimp. The Shrimp. The Shrimp. Uh, you can watch this game on YouTube. Just do some Googling. Or you can uh, you can see our highlights here on YouTube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets. How did we ever watch basketball in standard definition? Uh, I had I, to take two Advil. Dude, I like this, this though. I, I, I can watch these games. This is great. The court looks enormous for some reason. Maybe that's the the camera angle. Yeah, part the camera of angle or something maybe. I don't – yeah. I'm, I'm marveling at that uh, Times New Roman font if that's what that is. <laughs> also, but, Chuck Person out there, the rifleman. Former Hornet. Did you know that? I did. Also, he's in trouble now. Yeah, he, uh, he, he was part of the Auburn uh, scandal. Auburn. And the, and so the Nike, Adidas. Yeah, well. yeah, got him. I never uh, knew he was a Hornet, though, before the, before that scandal. So thank you, Scandal, for letting me know. Final score of this game was 134-122 to 122 in regulation. The pace was only 98.4. Each team shot over 50%. Seven combined made threes, which I feel like is probably on the high side for that time period. You had Reggie Miller. You had Del Curry in this game. So seven made threes, huge score. Uh, 26,000 in the Coliseum to see the Hornets fall to seven and six. That's 26,000 people. That's crazy, David. That environment. We're going to ask Dell about that tomorrow. It's classic b-ball right there in the 90s, the good old days. <laughs> and that was every game for like, what, seven years? Sold out. Sold that heck out. That, that place was enormous. There was real bad seats there, and boy, did my dad take me to sit in them. Horrible ones. And they were, it was great, though, but I could not see the court. Let's go back to the live chat. David saying MKG guards LeBron well <laughs> as anyone with some help. And DJ quote saying, LeBron doesn't play well against Dwight Howard either. Uh, Amber chiming in, did the LeBron James canter kerfluffle? Yes. Love that word, kerfluffle. Last, so underrated. Last night, wake up the Cavaliers. Are we in for an ESPN beatdown? Yeah, it's going to be on national TV. And LeBron James rarely plays poorly uh, in front of the nation. So that's... It's going to be really tough for the Charlotte Hornets, but they will, you know, if Nick Batum does in fact play, still an if, not totally sure, but if he does, they're going to have their full deck of cards against the Cavaliers. Julian Stone and Trevion Graham probably still out for this one, but. I have a question. Mm-hmm. We're probably not doing the classic court. Nope. But you know the Bucks did that the other day. I do. I, do. I would love to see the honeycomb, I didn't the honeycomb know that lane was, come yeah. back. Yeah, and the with the big Hornet um, trail. Yeah, 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 yeah. That oh, one was yeah. just like probably not like the – it was just like I love the, all that busy 90s crazy stuff. Busy? Mm-hmm. Were you trying to do something there? I wasn't. Busy? No, no. Um, but I do wish we would do – that would be awesome, though, man. Uh, did the did the Bucks just do that because they they actually moved to the old arena for that game? Did you know that? Uh, yeah, they did. That's awesome. They play with peach baskets too. We need to go back to the Coliseum, put it back up. Let's go to old rules where you could just it was like tackle. It was like tackle basketball. Let's and just go back to those. There's rules. no hole in the bottom of the net. Now LeBron James would definitely win that game. No shoes allowed. You just have to wear your sandals or whatever. 
All right, that'll do it for this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching us here on youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets and joining the live chat. We really appreciate everyone. Amber, David, quote, Double M15, Elizabeth, uh, Nick's Nation. Oh, man, we had some uh, <laughs> we had some opposition. I said in. go, Nick's go. Like. He said go, Nick's go, which, okay, fair. But then he said Charlotte, Charlotte can, can make, make the playoffs. playoffs. And Nick's Nation, I got to agree with fair you. Fair and bad. He just came for the subway talk. He knew we were going to talk about <laughs> LeBron James on the subway. Uh, all right, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We'll be live tweeting this game. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Hornets and tell somebody, tell a friend. Also, we just started a a uh, merch store on tpublic.com. There's a link in the show notes. So if you want some T-shirts, we've got a Buzzamania T-shirt. We've got a Monk shirt. Uh, there's a big sale going on at tpublic.com right now. You can get T-shirts for 14 bucks. Where could you get T-shirts for 14 bucks? That's crazy. Check us out, tpublic.com. Search Locked on Hornets. We're back again tomorrow with uh, Del Curry and a preview of tomorrow night's huge game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. For David and Claire and Steve and everyone out there, go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm. Sure. Mm-hmm.